episode 294, bonus edition, interview with Ashley Hubner. Hey y'all, welcome to the Empowering Educators podcast. I am Gretchen, your host and expert lesson learner. I'm a national board certified elementary teacher turned teacher, trainer, and coach. All the lessons I've learned and am learning on my edgy journey, I share with you right here. From every silly mistake to the most glorious successes, you're going to hear stories and strategies that will inspire you to become your best. I have to warn you, as an educator, I can't help but hold you accountable for doing the work. So every episode, I leave you with practical, tangible next steps so you can implement your learning and maximize your impact. Whether you're teaching a lesson or learning one yourself, there's always a lesson if you're willing to pay close attention. Elite educators, that's the secret to staying empowered. Bring on today's lesson. Welcome to the Always a Lesson summer interview series. I've asked some very special guests to bring their wisdom to you all throughout May, June, July, and August. Connecting you with other elite educators is one of my favorite parts of this job as a teacher leader and podcaster. The insight that you are going to gain from these conversations is going to prepare you to hit the ground running during the back-to-school season, but more importantly, it is going to reignite your passion and your potential as an educator. Are you ready to level up what you bring to the table and how you serve those you lead? Then buckle up and let's go. Oh boy, I've got an exciting guest that I want to introduce you to. I recently came across her on social media and I was watching what she was sharing and I'm like, man, this person's on fire for education and she covers a lot of curriculum. That is a majority of her work, which is something that I'm noticing in schools teachers are really needing help with, not just doing what the text says, but moving beyond it, getting more creative, adjusting to their students' needs, and feeling confident that they too can make great curriculum decisions. It doesn't have to be someone from the outside world. And so it's interesting to see Ashley's take on that. So let me tell you a little bit more about her first. Ashley's been an instructional coach and curriculum specialist since 2013. Her background contains experience in systematic planning, curriculum design, professional development, and intervention. She provides quality PD at the campus and district levels to improve classroom instruction within the school. She's dedicated to impacting student growth by building capacity within the school through coaching and mentoring and obviously professional development. She enjoys working with stakeholders to build instructional effectiveness within classrooms while cultivating a positive school culture. And she started Access to impact the success of students. She believes education is an ever-changing world, and so we as educators have to be lifelong learners, and we have to be prepared to meet all learners' needs as education changes. And she believes together we can find student-centered solutions that give all students access to a profound learning environment every day. Makes sense why she called it that. All right, you're going to love Ashley. Let's dive in. Hey, Ashley, thanks so much for being a guest here on the Empowering Educators podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here today. Good. I found you on social media and started doing a little digging in terms of how you're showing up to support our educational field. And so I want you to share a little bit about how you even got here. Like, where did you start and then take us through to where you are today? So I started in elementary education. I was a classroom teacher, mostly in second grade and third grade. I transitioned into a math interventionist position after I got my master's in curriculum and instruction. 
And then after that, some family changes happened. I got married. We decided we want to have kids and switched school districts. And at that time, the position that was open at the campus that I wanted to be at, I wanted my kids to be there, was an instructional coach position. So I took that. It was K through six, all content areas. And I worked at that campus for seven years. Mm-hmm. The last three years of that, I also served as the, as the social studies coordinator for the district. And that's when I really started managing curriculum teams mm-hmm. and working with teachers to create you know, unique learning experiences for kids. And then family things happen again, and we moved to Florida. So I've been in Florida for about two years now. When I left the Texas Public School District, I decided to go out on a whim and start some contract work. I then opened my own LLC. And so for the last about two years, I've been working with school districts and curriculum companies to build teacher efficacy and capacity and great curriculum for schools and districts and teachers. This is such a cool story. I taught second and third mainly. And so I know that that is the best grades. I love that curriculum as well. You seem to adapt it nicely to different states, different positions in leadership, which goes to your strength of being able to create curriculum that really allows teachers to also be flexible. So tell me, why do you think your passion is more in curriculum than it was in leading teachers in that way? I think I've always had this like gift of looking at pieces of curriculum and seeing how they fit together. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the things I've worked on are project-based learning, integrated units, things like that. And so some of the bigger projects that I've been working on recently are like literacy integrated units where we're embedding science and social studies. And so it's in a more engaging learning experience for students. They're making real connections and they're, they're seeing things in real context and what they'll see in the real world. And I think with the way that I analyze things and see how they fit together, it's just, it's a strength of mine. So I've been able to use it in multiple places for multiple reasons. Yeah. And what's really fascinating about curriculum right now is teachers are given, it doesn't matter what your district has paid for. You pick it up and you think I can only use this and I'm married to this. And it's like, no, you can find other things to enhance what you're given and think outside the box to reach your kids. And it sounds like when you're writing curriculum, you're thinking about how do we reach all the needs of kids in fun and unique ways while making them think at higher levels and allow them to collaborate and all those things? So what do you tell teachers when they feel scared to do some of that out of the box thinking when it's not scripted right in front of them? Well, one of the things I, I always have said is that no curriculum is going to have everything in it that you need. Right. Um, I take curriculum as just kind of like a lesson plan that this is your plan, but in the moment you're going to have to differentiate for kids. There might be other things that your kids in your certain state or your certain culture don't understand that are, that are, that's scripted in the curriculum. So how would you adjust it to meet who your students are? So I think the biggest thing is to know is that you really need to know your audience. You need to know who your students are you need to know the culture of your classroom and you take a curriculum and adapt it to fit their needs and meet them where they are. And it's okay to add things to it. As long as, you know, you're meeting the expectations of your campus or your school district, they're all different. So it kind of depends on what their priorities are. 
But I know I've worked in districts that they're very strict on, you have to teach the standards and you have to teach it in a certain way. There's a way to teach the standards, but then still add in the fun, add in right. the engagement, <laughs> put your own twist on it. Yeah. You can still teach the, the standards, whatever they are, but adapt it for your, your students. What do they need? And so congrats on being able to go out on your own. That way you can serve even more people and not be stuck to one district or one school. So that's really exciting. As you are working with many more people now, are you noticing, oh, these characteristics will make this person successful? Like you're starting to see commonalities of who's going to be great. And obviously having a good curriculum is part of that. But what else would you say? I think in education today, you have to be very flexible and adaptable. Sometimes you have to take things with a grain of salt. And if you are one of those people who, you know, the type A personality, everything has to be very explicit. It has to be set in stone. Those are the ones that are going to struggle because education is changing so fast. Um, Sometimes it even changes within school districts day to day. Um, Within states, I've seen, you know, Senate bills come down or, you know, things like that, that totally changes what we thought we were doing in the curriculum. And we have to be able to shift. We have to be able to pivot. And so we have to have that flexibility and adaptability mindset, knowing that we're constantly changing because we're constantly trying to do better. And we're constantly trying to do um, what's best for our kids and stay up to date on all the research and giving them the best educational experience that they can have. Yeah. Is there a piece of advice you give to your younger self? Like if you were talking to the old you in the classroom, now that you have all this experience designing curriculum and coaching teachers, what do you think you'd tell your younger self? One of the pieces of advice that my first principal gave me, which is probably not what some other principals are going to want me to say <laughs> right now, if listening, is that he said, always ask for forgiveness, not permission. Mm-hmm. Um he really instilled in me that it was okay to take risks. It was okay to try. It was okay to fail and it was okay Mm -hmm. to start over. And Mm -hmm. I think having that mindset is what kind of set me up for success along the way, because I wasn't afraid to voice my opinions. I wasn't afraid to go against the wheel a little bit and try something a little bit different. And then when it showed as successful, I was able to say, Hey, I tried this and look what my students are doing. Um, so I think if anybody is in a place where they're a newer teacher, one, just get your head above water. Cause I know you're a lot of times we're just drowning our first year, but then, you know, going into that second year, that third grade, that third year, when you, you feel better about what you know about the curriculum to start taking chances and start taking risk and adapting it and, and, you know, tweaking it in your own way go for it. Don't, don't hesitate. That's great. I know you're speaking about your principal who gave you great advice. Who else do you go to? Like, do you have a mentor? Do you have a a PLN that you've created yourself? How do you grow? Um, Yeah, I have a huge um, Twitter community. Mm -hmm. I have, I've been part of an entrepreneur group with the teach better community. Yeah. uh Um, I recently left the entrepreneur group, but before, you know, the last year or so I was part of that group and they were such a huge support. And then through them, I've met so many people, like I said, in my Twitter community, that it is just so interesting to see all the different perspectives of everybody nationally and to hear 
how some of our stories are all the same, but we're in different locations and right. hearing how someone different handled it. Mm-hmm. Um, another, there's a Facebook group too, like a principal's desk is another place I go to, mm-hmm. to kind of listen and hear what, you know, administrators are talking about with curriculum and things like that. And so I think it's just getting outside of your box. For many years, I was stuck, you know, at a campus where all I saw and all I knew is what my district told me and what my campus did. And I didn't see the difference of education in other places. And when I stepped outside of my box and I looked at the world around me and social media has played a huge role in that, you get to see all the other ideas and all the great things that people are doing out there. Like there are so many good educators everywhere in the world. And if we would collaborate a lot more outside Mm -hmm. of our own little silos, I think, you know, we could make education great. Yeah, I I 100% agree. And you're mentioning social media as being one of the ways you learn and grow. Are there other avenues in terms of keeping current on what's happening? And, you know, you mentioned working in literacy and integrating science and social studies and literacy is changing a little bit on what they think best practice is now. So how do you ensure that what you're providing in the curriculum you design or in coaching teachers and districts that you are current with what's best practice? Yeah, so I try to stay up with my professional development. Um, I am subscribed to several different organizations or curriculum companies, newsletters. And so when they put out free PD or, hey, we have, like, I know there's a big education group that they have a literacy PD coming up that's free. It's virtual. I, I try to hop on those so that I can stay up to what's going on. A lot of my projects right now are Florida based and Texas based. Okay. because of my background. So I also yep. try to keep up with what's going on in the political world as far as education. Texas is having a lot of changes right now with their <laughs> curriculum and development. So just trying to keep up to date on those things. There's a couple of podcasts that I've li- I subscribe to that I listen to that also just keep up with what's going on in education in various states. That's really good. And it's it's helpful that you have, like you said, a background. You taught in Texas. Uh, you're familiar with what's going on in Florida. And so it allows you to like ear to the street kind of thing in addition to you having the academic knowledge. Hey y'all, popping in here real quick to remind you, if you are loving the podcast, hop on over to iTunes to leave a star rating and type in a few words for the review. This helps other educators find the show so they too can be empowered. Lots of love and thanks. Now back to the show. So speaking of your LLC, tell us more about how you provide support. What kind of things do you do? Why are you so passionate about that? So my LLC started because of my instructional coaching background. Um, went my longest years in education in the public school system was instructional coaching. Um, I did that longer than I did anything else. When I first got into instructional coaching, it was one of those things like, you're a great teacher, so go coach. Yeah, uh-huh, okay. me too. <laughs> and nobody told us how to do it. Or how what to, do to do it, yep. <laughs> so that's why I first started my LLC was to coach coaches, yeah. teach them the things that I learned as a, over my seven years of being an instructional coach. I published my first book in September of 21. Congratulations. Um, What's it called? Foundations of Instructional Coaching. Okay. And it's on Amazon. I also have it on my website. Uh, and basically, it's just my narrative stories 
mm-hmm. of experiences I went through in my first couple of years of being a coach, plus adding all the tips and advice that I would give a new mm-hmm. coach navigating these similar situations. And then also in it, there's a QR code that links to a bunch of free resources, like documents that coaches can download and use oh, to cool. kind of help them get started. I have, you know, ton of PLC documents, digital PLC notebooks, um, coaching framework, like what are your roles and responsibilities? I have several districts that have taken taken my framework and adapted it to their needs for coaches. And uh-huh. it clearly defines what your role is with teachers, what your role is with yourself, like what is what do you have to keep up to date on your job and what your role is with administrators. And mm-hmm. so that's a free thing on there that a couple of school districts have uh, already downloaded and used. I've done some free virtual PD for instructional coaches. I'm doing two coaching conferences, no, three coaching conferences this summer. Yeah, one's the summit. Yeah, one's the summit. <laughs> um, and then Ignite. Uh, reignite coaching is another one with literacy at work. Mm-hmm. And then I'm doing the Sydney coaching oh, cool. conference. Um, I, I, and with that, I don't have in my other job doing the curriculum development, I don't have the capacity to host my own this year, like I have in the past, but I've also done mentor trainings with school districts. There's a lot of school districts out there that don't have coaches as coaching. a position. Right. Yeah. So I've worked with them to train mentors on how to be a mentor to a new teacher and coach them up without being an administrator, you Mm -hmm. know? So so those are some of the things I've been doing. Yeah. That's so great. And I'll put all the information for your book in the show notes so folks can get that. Um, So when you are working day to day, are you feeling like there's something more for you? Like what's next? Or are you confident and this is your season right now and you're just going to enjoy it? I feel good right now. Mm -hmm. Um, when we moved to Florida and I was doing the contract work at first and starting my LLC, I wasn't very busy mm-hmm. and I was a little lost because I was used to being in the school district. And from the time you get there to the time you left, you were busy every minute of the day. Yeah. And all of a sudden I had these gaps of time, but now I'm to a point where I'm pretty much busy. I, I work full time with the curriculum company um, as part of one of my contracts and they, they keep me pretty busy. So I'm like looking for those minutes that I can get out and go to the beach and take a walk. Now. Yeah, yeah. So it's a little bit different. So I feel good where I'm at. I have a good balance of home life and work life. I like the virtual world. I get mm-hmm. to make my own schedule. So I yes. get up really early in the morning, work for a little while. Then I take my kids to school. Then I come home. I work about lunch. I take my lunch break. I work a little bit. I go pick my kids up from school. So I get to do kind of the mommy things and yes. work when it's, um, you know, convenient for me. So. That sounds so wonderful. How old are your kids now? I have a seven-year-old and a five-year-old. They're in first grade and kindergarten. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. I have a two, four and six, and we just did kindergarten this year. So I'm getting used to like real school is what she calls it <laughs> other than preschool and pre-K. Um, but that's so fascinating. So I want to just ask you one more question about curriculum teachers that are afraid to try something new or design their own piece of curriculum. What would you encourage them to do? Is there a a website that you like to use? Are there best practices in writing curriculum that you use? I don't want to steal your secrets, but just to give them some encouragement to give it a try. What would you say? Um, one of the things that helps me and it's, through the state of Texas, but 
it's not limited to just Texas standards. There's a website called Lead Forward. Oh, yeah. And, and Lead Forward has an instructional playlist. And they have a virtual one or like an in-class one. If you are looking to get your kids up and moving, get them thinking differently, you know, any of those things, they have a whole list of ideas. And I think that's maybe the best place to go to something like that, that you can take one of those structures that they have on their website and apply it to a lesson that you already know you have to teach to build in engagement, collaboration, movement, play, whatever it is that you feel like might be missing in that lesson. That's a good place to start. Yeah, that's awesome. I'll put that in the show notes as well. I think that it takes the pressure off that you have to think of everything from scratch, that there are some things you can borrow and steal and make your own. So thank you for sharing that. I do want to be respectful of your time. So before I let you go, can you tell us when you get burnt out and you get frustrated and you feel like I just, I need a break a minute, or am I in love with education? How do you reignite that, that passion you have and your potential as an educator? You know, I think it's happened more often for me now, since I've been out of the classroom, sometimes I think, why am I doing this? Why can't I just go get another job where I'm dealing with adults? <laughs> um, so what reignites my passion is actually going up to my kid's school and volunteering and being in the classrooms. Yeah. And as soon as I step in those classrooms and start working with those kids, it all comes back to me. And I'm like, okay, the curriculum work I'm doing, although I don't see it, I, I am I am impacting kids and there is going to be a difference made because of what we're designing. Right. I just don't get to see it, but it's yeah. happening. And so I think that's where, you know, you, ha as a teacher, we know where our love and passion is and it usually typically is the kids. That's why we do it. So just reconnecting with that love. Great idea about volunteering that that's a great tip. And it doesn't, for those of us who are busy and like, I can't fit in time. You can fit in a quick read aloud, you know, or you can pop into a party for a few minutes, but that'll, that'll remind you like, oh yeah, this is what I love about it. So yes, and, great advice. And I'll say for the teachers who like are in the classroom still and dealing with kids every day, and maybe you're burnt out because you're dealing with kids every day. I, I just tried to find that little bit of me every evening. I decided you know, what's one thing every day that I'm going to do for me to give me me time back that's going to make me happy. And I, I had a year that was really hard for me. I had a really hard class that year. And I, every day I was like dreading going to work. And I was like, you can do anything for a year. You can do anything for right. a year. But every night of the, the week, during the week, I would plan one thing like, okay, tonight I'm going to binge watch whatever. Mm -hmm. Tonight I'm going to take my family on a walk. The next night I'm going to have a glass of wine, yes. you know, whatever it was, I needed to create that space of just some me time each night to separate myself and give myself a breather and re-energize myself to be able to go in the next day. So that would be my advice for anybody who is in that situation. Very relatable. Well, on behalf of Elite Educators Everywhere, thank you so much for taking time to talk and share your stories and your wisdom. Can you remind us how to connect with you? Where are you on social? Do you have a website? Tell us all the things. Yes. So my website is coachingaccess.net. If you go there, all of my um, social medias are linked, but I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. 
Perfect. I'm so glad you were able to chat with us and I'm rooting you on. I can't wait to see your book. You mentioned maybe hosting something in the future. So I'm going to nudge you to go ahead and do that when you can fit it in your schedule, but thanks for connecting and we appreciate you. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, what did you guys think? Did you learn a few tips and how to strengthen instruction in the classroom through curriculum? I sure did. Ashley gave us some good resources. Can't wait to check out her book and the website that she mentioned. I hope you reach out to her on social media. Follow her to get empowered and excited and inspired, especially when you're feeling like teaching is hard, being in education is hard. She's coached, she's taught, and now she's supporting in new ways. And so she would be a great addition to your PLN. Make sure you go to the show notes, go to alwaysalesson.com, click on podcast, you'll find this episode and you can see all the links that she mentioned there. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's special edition interview podcast with Ashley Hubner. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. <laughs>